calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. Welcome, Flow Riders. I'm Luis, also known as Mr. Camera Junkie, the producer of The Flow. And today we're going to give you a little bit of a behind the scenes tech check look at things. And if you were to be calling in, as we will be having some of you call in a little bit later today, this is pretty much what you're going to be looking at as far as the tech check. So right now, I have Doc Rock on the line calling in. And let's go into live demo real quick so that I can show you exactly what this looks like. So now you're seeing what I see as a producer. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to answer Doc Rock's call. All right. And there he is. And right here from the producer view, I'm just going to add him in. And now he's on live with everyone. So right now we're in live demo mode to show you the behind the scenes, showing you the interview window and how you would bring on a guest. And now once they're there, you have complete control of doing whatever it is that you need to add them to any scene. They're just like another camera, easy as pie with Ecamm Live. So what's up, Doc? <laughs> I never heard that before. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's an awesome morning. Yeah, I think the thing that everybody gets, I don't want to say wrong but it happens way too often so many people do their shows without doing any form of tech check and then they have an absolute meltdown when things doesn't go right <laughs> so yeah and today i was gonna start doing things so that we didn't have a meltdown and then realizing that's what we need to show right right so that's the important part of this whole thing think about this folks if you go to the airport if you're standing in the waiting room at the airport there's somebody running around on the ground with a vest and then the flashlight, right? 
and he's going to every individual thing on the plane and he's doing all these checks and they do that every single flight. It doesn't matter. Even if it's just a short hop, you know, in Florida, how you can go from like Orlando to say Jacksonville in the plane or whatever, like even a really, really short flight, they still going to stop and check the plane every single flight, right? Or like in Japan, they check the train every stop. Like they come out, you know, they look down the side, they got like three people on the platform waving their hands to let you know that everybody's inside the train. And then the, uh, what do you call that dude? Conductor. Mm-hmm. The conductor will wave at those people and then he'll look forward. Nothing forward, but he gives a hand signal forward and then he does a up to the controls that are here and he points to the controls down there. Then he stands in position and unlooses everything. So I suggest you see a video of it because something as simple as fully automated train, but they check every single time. And it's a series of hand gestures, but it's amazing because. With that level of checking, you do yourself a lot of favors. So now, because of my time in Japan, I have a thing when I walk out the door where I go phone, wallet, keys. <laughs> and, I, and I do the check every time. Phone, wallet, keys. Okay, go. Is that a Japanese thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny yeah. because I just kind of incorporated that into my life as a routine. Like, I got to have my keys, got to have my wallet. And my phone, these are the essential everyday carry items. That's very interesting. But I do like the analogy of like prepping for the plane or for a train, because even though it's so commonplace in our lives, the redundancies and the double checking for everything that you have to do. And I believe certain planes have to have a fail safe system within their Mm -hmm. engines themselves, just in case something were to go wrong through all the tech checks. So It's very interesting, and I like that analogy a lot. Well, you know the one that will probably, most people know, I know you don't fly as much as we do, but like when they do the announcement about the seatbelt and where the cushions are and how to put on your mask and, you know, jump out the window over here and, you know, the the exits are here, 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 and here. If they have to like drive down the runway because they're about ready to do that, and then let's say there's a false start, right? For whatever reason, they got to loop back around. Somebody stole the runway. They have to start all over again. If they shut the engine off and then turn it back on again, they do that entire thing again. Even though everybody in there has already heard it and not a single person has stepped foot on the plane, nothing. They do the entire thing all over again. And I've experienced that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Well, anybody who flies American has experienced it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what airline, you know, when I was going to Puerto Rico last but yeah, exactly that. Like, didn't we do this? You're just like thinking it's a deja vu, but no, they have to go through the whole procedure and show you how to use the life vest and do the whole thing all over again. Yes. You know what? Rich is chiming in the chat, and I know a lot of you guys will be listening to this at home and you won't have access to the chat, but that's why you should come to the live tapings. <laughs> Rich is mentioning something in the chat because Rich and I both come from publishing world as far as being a designer and publishing. And in publishing, there was something known as a pre-flight check because back in the day, You had to make sure you sent all the fonts and all the graphics. There wasn't PDF yet, right? So whenever you sent something to go to get pressed, like print production or pre-press is what they call it. Pre-flight check is part of pre-press. So you would look at your page and you go, okay, I got all these graphics are in this folder. All of the fonts are in this folder. Any PostScript files are in this folder. And then you check everything and make sure it was all good. So yeah, same thing. Because you've definitely seen ads at some point in your life where it's like, there's something missing from here. Why is there a, just a space right here where there's supposed to be a picture? 
that was somebody who failed the pre-flight thing. And there used to be uh, relatively expensive softwares to do pre-flight checks for your print productions before PDF became big time. Yeah, very cool. Well, you see, like right now, to everyone, it just seems like we're just shooting the breeze because we are and we're just having a conversation. But at the same time, while this happens in the 15 minutes before every episode of The Flow, I'm at this time adjusting Doc Rock's audio levels. I'm making sure that he's framed correctly. And even though that this is what you're seeing, I can even have a preview mode where the conversation will continue and I'm actually building out all of the actual scenes that we're going to be using for the episode. So to give you a little look of that, I will literally just move to the next scene. And right there, you're just seeing the empty, you know, Doc Rock and Katie Fox. I actually made a copy with my name on it and put my face in there already. So now when I get to this screen, I just hit on that edit pencil and change this to Doc Rock. And now, boom, we're there. So if I were to remove this from the live demo mode, now you're just seeing basically the production level of the flow and we could continue with the conversation. Very cool. And uh, one thing, if you in live demo mode, can you show your sound levels just to give people an idea? Oh, yes. Of where it should come in. Now, this has been a little bit of a conversation inside the group. And I just want to say that if you are in here and you're looking at your sound levels panel, right, you can see where the meter is. And just as I'm talking, it just starts to blink yellow. Now, we don't have broadcast meters. And you know what? It's not that big a deal. We got a lot of people that freak out. Well, it doesn't have meters. I don't know how loud it is. I don't know. Maybe because I've done this well over a thousand times. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> so um, if you've only done it twice, I'll forgive you. If you've done it more than 20 times, I don't forgive you because you should know by now exactly what it is. So that means that I know exactly what I have to do to the audio once it lands on my computer to make it red to go. But honestly, this is where it is. Now, I think part of the reason why it causes somewhat of a meltdown to people who swear they know what they're doing is, you know, people have different ideas of like how hot it should be when it comes in. If you look at most really good digital recorders, they're going to fall somewhere between negative 12 and negative nine sort of out of the gate on pro level recorders. And then you're going to do a normalization on that, which means to run it through a quick filter that says make all of the audio even, right? And then you're going to add a little EQ, then you're going to add a little compressor, and then you're, you're basically done. I had a limiter, but whatever. That's getting a little bit technical, right? As long as you're kissing that yellow, you know for a fact that you're in the right range. And if it's not kissing that yellow, you probably can come up a little bit. Now, you notice we're kissing the yellow. We're not blasting the yellow. Now, everybody hold your ears. Rich, I'm giving you fair warning, but here it goes. But if I start yelling all of a sudden, look at that. I'm not even punching out of the yellow. That's how you know that it's safe. Yep, and it's safe because I've brought your level down just a bit. And even the interview window, you can see I have it right at around 90 to prevent that. Right. You ever listen to a podcast, folks, and you hit when somebody's when they're talking or when they laugh every time? (laughs) Yeah, that's super obnoxious. That's called clipping. That's when the available volume 
taps the ceiling of what can possibly be audibly recorded. So all of that data gets crunched into the ceiling and it causes that noise. You're hearing all the sound banging off of that wall. So it's very important that even without numbers, you can do your check. And this is why sometimes in the live stream, if I know I'm going to edit it, even if people in the audience are going, I can't hear Rich. Too bad. Rich is fine here. And I'm going to leave it there. It's probably them. It's probably their volume, their computer, their headphones. They're in a noisy environment or whatever. If you're visually kissing this yellow, your audio is loud enough, period. And anybody that says they can't hear, I'm sorry, it's kind of on them. It's very important that you use your eyes and not just what you hear in the chat. Because I can't tell you, Paul and uh, Kathy, uh, Katie, how many times they've reacted to someone in the chat saying something wrong with the audio and then break the audio for the entire show. I will never touch this once I said it because I know it's good. But even if someone in the audience says something, if like three people say something, then I'll trust it. But if just one person says it, I ain't moving nothing. And that's such a good tip because, like you said, I've seen it happen so many times. And the best tip is that if you hear somebody complaining about either double audio, an echo, or that it's too low, don't change anything right? You have yes. the ability to see the levels and see that you're in green. And so many times I, I see that in the chat while we're producing and I'm looking at these levels and I'm like, not even sweating it because everything here going out is okay. And then we'll get a message a little bit later. Oh, I had two windows open. So it sounded like an echo. Oh, it was my volume was being routed somewhere differently to my headphones. And some people that we've seen have actually just ruined their live streams trying to find a fix to a problem that doesn't even exist. So that's Correct. the worst part where you're chasing your tail for nothing because everything is running smooth, but a comment could really sphere you in the wrong direction. Okay. So I want everybody to pay attention to this. Please look at the sound level. And again, people following at home, um, you're going to have to watch the replay of this in order to understand what we're saying. But this is a very key piece. So if you listen to nothing else and you got this far, you got about two more minutes and then you can hang up and do whatever you're doing. <laughs> okay. So I want you to notice the sound levels right now. When I am speaking, the only bar that is moving on Luis's side is the interview bar. If you only see one bar moving when I'm talking, and when I stop, it disappears. There is no problem with the audio. If every person in the chat says they hear an echo, but you only see one bar moving, the interview bar alone, there's no echo. If the, I'm over here trying to point to the screen to get nobody <laughs> see the screen. <laughs> if you see the interview bar moving and the master input, in this case, it says, oh, Chris microphone. Mm -hmm. If you see both of those moving, then there's probably the slap back because that means that my sound is also leaking through Luis's master interface. So that is when you're hearing a slap back. If you can see both guys moving when someone is talking, that's how you know. Okay, so now this is a tough one. You can monitor the levels on your interface, in which case both of us are using Rodecaster Pros. 
But I would say the one that matters in this particular case is the ECAM one, because that's where your recording is going. You monitor the levels as what's going to the recording. Now, this can cause some confusion. I never use the built-in audio monitor in Ecamm, which is at the top in the output window, there is a monitor option. I never monitored that. I never even listened to it for one second to see how it's going because I've done this enough time that I trust the soup. I always listen to my interface because that will give you kind of the purest sound of what's coming in, provided that that's also the interface that is selected for the sound to come out. So in Luis's situation, Chris' microphone is just a microphone. They don't have a listen, but the output of Ecamm is probably selected to the Rodecaster Pro. That works. Chris is a piece of software that's complicating things for today. In my case, I listen to the Rodecaster Pro, and I also have the Rodecaster Pro selected as the output for Ecamm. So all I need to do in the Rodecaster Pro is just see that the meter is moving. But the main meter that I'm concerned with is the one that's on the screen. And if the one that's on the screen is just kissing that yellow, like, it's perfect. I don't have to do anything. I don't even have to worry about the Rodecaster Pro, right? It's doing exactly what it needs to do. So you are cognizant of what the levels are on your interface. But in reality, for podcasting, you're kind of sort of paying attention to the level that is built into Ecamm because that's giving you what's being actually recorded. Yeah. As the producer, you're using Ecamm or I am as my production vehicle. So anything that I have is going to end up in this program and that's what's going to be broadcasted out. So whether it's coming from a Rodecaster Pro whether it's coming from just your USB microphone, whether it's coming from your camera, everything that's leaving Ecamm is what your audience is going to see. So that's what you have to pay attention that if your audio levels are good in your sound levels window here in Ecamm, then you're good to go. All right. The other thing that I think we should talk about, one thing Luis does, which I forget to do to this day, I'll honestly admit that, Luis will run through every scene to see what it looks like mm -hmm. as part of your tech check. I do this about 50% of the times. Other times I'll straight up forget. And then I'll get to, oh, oh, wait, that's not supposed to be there. Not that big a deal to me. I don't think that it's supposed to be perfect, so I don't care when it's not. But there's a bit difference, right? Because I'm the same yeah. way in my own live stream where it's like, oh, that wasn't supposed right. to be there. And you just fix it on the fly. But as the producer, as the man behind the scenes and making it as easy as possible that I can for my guests, being you and Katie, I make sure that all of those things are taken care of so that there is no issue. And a good right. example of this was when I think it was a couple of weeks ago and you were doing the Instagram live at the same time with the Flow podcast. And I was yes. able to quickly pull up your live stream on my phone and then connect it to my computer and then bring it onto the screen for all of the flow riders to be able to see what you were doing on Instagram within a moment's notice, just as another camera. Having that forethought of being able to understand how all of this works to produce the best and have that 
problem solving mentality on the fly is like very important and a really cool skill set. Right. And this is where the idea of going through all your scenes is making sure that everything is where you think it should be. That's part of the pre-check. So you want to go through every scene and just double check it, make sure everything is in position. Things are looking the way you expect them to look like the whole nine yards. So maybe you should just show them real quick how you go through your scene. All right. Well, you see like right here in this scene in particular, because I'm so close to the camera and this is like my scene, my head is kind of bigger than Doc Rock's head. And most people won't even pay attention to that stuff, but it's the rare occasion that this happens. So <laughs> that head is massive. Man, you are six foot something up there. I'm over here in the five, six range. Don't even play with me, but let's, let's go. So what I would do is I would actually go into Doc's window here in the camera switcher, and I would just go into his effects window, and I would click into the zoom. Oh, I have my scene locked, which is another good tip. Always lock your scenes once you have them set up. But because we're going to be adjusting some, we're going to unlock the scenes, and then I'm just going to adjust the zoom on Doc, then address it, and now it's more even keel, right? And then because he centered, that's a good scene. I will just close this window. And now this scene individually is locked up this way. But if we wanted just another scene where it's just dock, I'm just going to put it there. It's empty. So if I were to have moved into this scene, this is what you would be seeing as your broadcast. And we could just easily right away go back to the pencil and change the camera to dock. A cool feature of Ecamm is even though the scene is locked, you can still adjust the cameras for ease of use. Because if every time you had to make that simple adjustment of changing the camera, I would have to come here, unlock, change the camera on the pencil, then relock to save it. That is just going to be so frustrating. So the fact that even though a scene is locked, you have the ability to change it is like ideal. And like, I love being able to get rid of that bar now in the middle. Like you just popped up the camera switcher that's in the actual master display. Mm -hmm. I 86 thing right away now. Yeah, well, I still use it, believe it or not, for my what I call my producer view. Right. So the first scene, yeah. this I leave bare bones as far as like Ecamm's ability, because let's say, like right now, if we were to invite somebody to come in and do a tech check, instead of having a window that's preset. This is the one that gives me the most, you know, um, the most flexibility because I could just remove someone. I can just click on doc and then he becomes the full screen. I can become the full screen and then add doc. And then just with the power of Ecamm's program itself and just making it as basic as possible, I'll be able to bring somebody else in and have them join in the chat and do the tech check on the back end, just the same. That's yeah, it's really cool. And I, I like the idea of having a producer view. And you know, now that I think about it, I never do that because I'm producing myself, but it is actually a good idea to have one because if you have to suss out a problem, sometimes looking at it in its most vanilla state will make it easier to suss out a problem. So the producer view is a good idea. So today I learned I need to make me a producer view. <laughs> it is actually a pretty smart scene. I suggest everybody add that to their repertoire. And it's also the only one that I leave unlocked. 
so that it has full functionality. I can move everything around and it gives me that power of just, I can do it. Correct. All right. Now, the other things that you should be checking in your pre-check is making sure Now I've done this several times and it's only happened twice, but it's painful when it happens. Check your hard drive to make sure you have enough space for your recording. Yes, <laughs> that that is tough, bro. My this machine here, my master machine that I work with on a daily basis, I have a script that runs that cleans it up every week. It's it's an application by NoodleSoft, like you know ramen noodles. It's called Hazel. Hazel, like the maid from uh, what what show was that? You've mentioned this before, and I keep thinking that you keep messing it up. So regardless, no, I, like, because the maid that you keep talking about is the one from the Brady Bunch, but that was Alice. That's Alice, yeah, yeah. So I'm not um, familiar with Hazel, but continue. It's a good program. <laughs> hey, let me look it up because now it's messing with me. Let's see if we hear anything in chat. Yeah, Hazel Burke. That was actually the TV show was called Hazel. Ha, oh, okay. Go. So that's why it's it's an old black and white TV show, and it's funny because George and Paul are old enough to know that. <laughs> so anyway. It, used to, it was a black and white TV show. I fully remember this. Shirley Booth, that's her name, the lady who played Hazel. Anyway, it basically would go by and clean up your machine and do all of those weird things, right? So I have it said that every week at the end of the week, go by and grab all of my things and clean them up. All right. So everybody heard that little jingle. And that jingle is because we have our first person doing the tech check. So going back to live demo... We got Big Rich, yo. <laughs> All right. And you see right here, I'm just going to add him to the mix. And so easily in the producer view, we have Rich on screen. How you doing, Rich? Fine, fine, fine. How you guys doing? Doing good. Now I'm just, you know, checking your audio levels and you sound good. You look good. How are you today? I'm using my, my Mac microphone because this is not my setup. My setup's behind me. But I did find some headphones, so I've got that part worked out. And look, just that's another great tip because just a set of headphones is going to separate the audio and eliminate what we call slapback echo. And that little bit of added tech actually makes Rich sounds very good because the microphone is not trying to pick up anything except his voice and is not trying to deal with him hearing us coming out of the speakers. Yeah. And I also had to turn the audio off on your stream. So, so I made sure to do that before I got on as well, because that'll ha it'll happen. If I turn this on, you'll it, you'll start hearing yourself. And it's yeah, we start hearing the system audio. So, you know, one thing that was really good. I don't know if you guys caught that real quick. I think uh, Luis did it so fast. But when Rich first came in, in the window where it says big promo in the small interview window on the right side over there, when Rich was first talking, it pegged red for like a split second. And then so Luis pulled it down just a bit. And now when Rich talks, he's at basically the same level I am. Now, it might sound louder. Now, this is important because a lot of people say, well, so-and-so isn't as loud as so-and-so. Right now, Rich is going to sound louder than me because he's using a smaller microphone that has less frequencies. So all the frequencies are packed into a single channel, right? It's almost like being in a tube. So it's going to give the impression that he's louder And that's because it's not spread across of a range. And so it's that, that's just a higher frequency, which your brain perceives a little bit faster than, say, the lower frequencies. And so it sounds louder, but looking at the meter, it's not. 
Yeah, and when it comes to frequency, it also has to do with their voice because yeah. your voice is so deep, Doc, that you know, while you're having conversations with Katie, sometimes I can pull your audio all the way up and Katie's down and it like sounds almost even and sometimes you're still lower because of the simple fact of the resonance of your voice. You think about uh, alerts. You ever notice that alerts are always high pitch? High pitch, right? Yes. So like your seatbelt thing or the one when someone pulls the fire alarm in the building. Mm-hmm. Sirens, like they're all high pitched on purpose because your brain just reacts to that a little bit differently. And Rich is loud because Rich is like six eight, so it just booms around in his giant chest. <laughs> I'm loud and I'm proud, brother. That's exactly right. That's right. He's Texas loud. <laughs> so, but that also has to do with sound frequencies, and yeah. the higher yeah. pitch frequencies actually travel further than lower bass sounds. So that has to do with everything when it comes to audio. It's a good idea during the setup again. You'll notice that in the interview panel right now, Rich and I are still coming in that one green line on the sound panel. But individually, like right above Rich's head and over here for me, there is this line. This is where you control the individual volume. Man, I'm good at this. Take that, Stephanie Lou. (laughs) 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 That's where you adjust a person's volume for each individual person. So that question comes up a lot. Can you control the volume for each individual guest? And the answer is absolutely. Yeah, right there. And what I did right now is I just brought in the preview window. And the preview window is basically what you would be displaying out as your broadcast. But because we're in the live demo mode right here, I wanted to actually start changing the scene. So Doc and Rich could continue having the conversation and it would flow. And in the background, I would actually start setting up like a new scene. I'll take this one just to make it easy as the live view, as you can see on the bottom right hand corner, is still going out. What I'm going to do to make this easy, I'm just going to remove the names. So I would just basically go to this and just exit that out, exit that out, exit that out. Well, this is good, too, because it's letting people who haven't really seen it before understand how you do it as a producer Mm -hmm. where you're not on camera. Like if it was just Rich and I recording today, like this is what Luis does. He basically sets the scene up. We both call in and then he has it where Rich and I would be on camera. Luis is off camera doing all myriad things in the background. Um, Rich, when you guys are producing for a creative part, do you take turns with different producers or do you pretty much handle the production? It's all on me. I do it all. We could do it that way, but it's just it's it's just easier because I, I end up doing all the editing and premiere and everything else. Yeah, it definitely would seem easier <laughs> to just have it where one person is messing with it too. Yeah, but I am doing remote production on a different computer than my source feed. Like you're going to send your file to Luis, and yeah, Katie yeah. would send her file to Luis. I have a file that I send to myself, but so I have an ISO file of my own on a different computer. Oh, interesting. I like that because we didn't want to get involved with somebody having to produce something because maybe they'll miss part of the conversation and not be part of the conversation. So we wanted to make sure that everybody's focused on the circles and then we edit after the fact. Oh, that's brilliant, actually. Mm-hmm. Right? If you well, have- Since we're not doing it live, we don't have to worry about live switching and all that kind of stuff. Well, just to finish up with this real quick, as you can see on the bottom right-hand corner, we're still in that producer view. 
but I've set up the window and we're in preview. So the last step would actually be to hit publish. And as soon as I hit publish, that now becomes your broadcast view. And everyone is seeing the three head overlay with the nice graphics in the background. The three head overlay sounds like uh, one of them horror movies on Saturday mornings back in the day. It sounds like it sounds like another kind of movie you'd see at one of those theaters in the wrong part of town, too. You know, to be correct, I would have to add talking head overlay, and it just didn't feel right. So just, <laughs> That's another one, talking head. I don't know. You know, because, like, heads at least sounded technical. Like, VCRs used to have heads, right? And, like, this is a forehead yeah. VCR. So I just left it in that realm. <laughs> And when you do the tech check for yourselves, Rich, like, is there anything that we didn't cover that something you do every time that, you know, we might have missed? Um, no, we probably don't go to the extreme that you guys do. I don't know why we don't, but we're, we're pretty casual about it. If something's not working, we know to just restart everything and it probably will work. And so that's kind of the rule. But it always seems to work most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's really funny because, like, people get mad when you tell them to do that. But the amount of times that I've been getting bitch that cursed out, whatever. And I'm just like, look, man, at this point, just restart it. It restarts and it works. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah. so. Yeah, we all know that. In fact, while we're in the middle of a recording, if something happens, we all know the situation. So we just, if, ever, if somebody's having an individual problem, they just restart. And then we just talk, keep talking to keep the flow going, the flow. And then uh, <laughs> we try to, you know, and then when they come back, they come back. So. Like right now, if I was to go away, you would just see me turn to black on the screen and then I would come back in. It's just the way it's just, Ecamm works that way. It's pretty good. And I would probably come right back in the same spot with Luis not having to do anything. You may try that. Yeah. If you yeah. want, hang up and I'll come right back. You see, he just disappeared. And because of it, I would just move into the previous scene where me and Doc were already still set up. And now we could just continue the conversation and we wait for Big Rich to join. And once he does, He'll be in the same spot, and we should be able to go into the next scene and move right back into the conversation. The goal is to stay in that scene, but that's fine. Oh, it was the same thing because I showed you leaving. But it's, but you switched out of it. You switched the two up, but that's cool. Yeah, that's what I was explaining. Like, oh, okay. you weren't hearing it because you were off of the line, and you had turned us off but I in was your browser. It. I was seeing it on the YouTube thing, so I saw what you did. And like I explained was just that okay. even though you left, I would move into this scene to keep the conversation going. Oh, I see what you're and saying. And then when okay. you come right back in without me even touching or adding you into the scene, I just moved right back to that scene and you're right back in the mix. Yeah. But it works out pretty I good. I think that's one of the coolest parts is that it puts the person right back where they came from. Mm -hmm. That's a big time saver, which is also why like in the bottom, you look in Luis's camera switcher where he has a guest, it legit has Rich's name as one of the cameras. So switch to AB side. So what I do is I actually put me on camera D down that one, click that, put me on that one, and then go to like camera B and then put Rich on that one. You know what I'm saying? And so the B for Big Rich, the D for Doc Rock, right? This is what I do. I phonetically put my guest there. I put Paul always calls in on F. For never mind, <laughs> I won't call him an F head for fun. Favorite, I say it for friend. I put my guests on camera F for friend. That's the reason why. <laughs> uh, and, and so I always know that whenever I build the scene, I build it with camera F as the guest because that's going to be for my first guest, and I put everybody else after that. But in my brain, 
I could just do it quickly by using the camera switcher. And then now if I ever have to build a scene in advance, I will already know where I'm going to put my people. So when I designed the show that we're using now and I sent it to Luis, I sent it. And in my notes, I said, make sure that Katie is guest one and I'm guest two, because that way the scenes will never break. After that, we came up with this version four that has camera placers, which makes it easier. But in the beginning, I legit even told Luis in the instructions, if you will, and my instructions are funny. I make them as folders in the folder. So even if you say, I didn't read the file, you didn't have to read the file because I named the folder with the instructions. Which also helps because when you're looking for it, you understand, be like, where's that folder that Doc sent me? It's a lot easier to find. Yeah, that's an old school metric, right? There'd be a folder that's named move these to applications, dash, dash, dash in the arrow. And then there'd be three icons there and be like, move these into preferences. And then so that's where I got it from. I literally got it from old school Mac programs. And you know what? I like that idea because I have my my AB camera set up for my own live stream, because when it comes to producing the flow, I just have you and Katie come in as guests. But it's almost like the way that you used to assign external hard drives to your old computers, where you could just assign a specific letter so that when you would put in, and I'm going there, you know, a floppy disk drive in there, it would never you, confuse you it. <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking to Paul, right? He's like, oh. No, I'm saying, we don't have letters on the Mac. That's a PC word you're speaking. We never had no drive letters on the Mac. No, that's what I said. <laughs> going back from the computer days, I guess that's the way that I said it. But my PC days, you know, that you could assign <laughs> drives like that so that there would never be any confusion no matter how many drives you would add onto it. And doing that with the cameras is pretty much the same effect. I like it. Correct. Yes. And it makes life just way easier. It just does make it way easier. So I fully appreciate that. Another tip that you could use with the AB camera, which I actually have done, which is I've created an entire show for someone. And then I can export the profile. And because I've set up all the cameras with A, B, I just send a simple set of instructions to say, hey, make sure your first camera is set to A, make sure your secondary camera is set to B, and you're good to go. Because how all the scenes have already been set up with the corresponding letters, everything falls into place. It's dope stuff. You know, I think the cool thing about doing one of these is just giving people sort of a... Uh, I'm laughing at Eden's damn comment. Yeah, what's, what's a folder drive? I love it. <laughs> uh, doing one of these is a really good way to just finally understand that you have a lot more control than you think you do. One of the things that I'm forever trying to explain to people, you know, when they have a problem is that I think about it like this. I think the program itself, meaning Ecamm, doesn't have coding in it to do all the nefarious things that people want to say that it did to their stuff. In other words, there's no programming language in there that says, here, cause an echo. If you're getting an echo, it's hardware. It, it almost have to be hardware because there's no code line that says, let me generate a slap back to irritate the heck out of this person's audience. It's hard for people to wrap their head around that. Like it doesn't know how to do that. That was one of my conversations with people like, well, th this machine did so-and-so-and-so. That machine doesn't know how to do that. The person operating the machine did that. <laughs> it doesn't, his computer don't know how to do nothing you don't tell it to do. Let's just put it that way. The problem consists between the keyboard and the chair. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> we saw say there was a loose nut on the controls. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
Oh, that's really good. Uh, that's that's kind of funny because that just about specifies our show producer, Mr. Luis Vegas. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, this has been super, super good. I want to get into checking everybody for questions, for answers. Um, so that way we have some time to run through this real quick. For anyone who's enjoyed this episode, I know it's a little bit different from what we normally do, but we wanted to give you a deep behind the scenes of the way we set up for a show because there's just a lot of questions and we thought like maybe we would be able to help you with some of them questions. Hope you enjoyed this. If you have any further questions and you're not watching this live taping, please send it to flow at ecam.com. That's F-L-O-W at E-C-A-M-M.com. And then we will work you into an episode so that we can make sure that you understand what you need in order to do your podcast. And people, I know a lot of you guys are catching this. There's no better time than the present. Today, actually, let me fix this. Let me say this the way I want to say it. Yesterday was the best day to start a video podcast. And if you missed that, well, you can start today. <laughs> so, uh, Luis, you're in uh, live demo mode. You just did a me. No, I know. But I still wanted to put that up there because that's what you were talking about. I was just waiting for yeah. you to get into the script. Okay. Oh, well, no. This show is brought to you by Descript or Descript, however you want to say it. Doesn't matter. Just use it. This is the bee's knees. This is, wait, don't, that's uh, hashtag Diana Gladney. Uh, this is the bee's knees Hall of Fame. This is literally one of the best applications ever. It allows you to record your podcast and then visualize it as if it were a Word or Google Doc. And if you can use a word processor, you know how to edit your podcast. It is quite amazing. It's very functional. They've added a lot of new tools. They made it even simpler than it ever was before. So even if you looked at the script a little bit ago, look at it again. It doesn't change. It went away for the summer and came back hot. So go and check out the script. You can find more about that at Descript.com. Tell them Ecamm sent you. We got links in the descriptions for all of this stuff. Uh, that's another recording for the flow. We record live every Tuesday on our YouTube channel over Ecamm Live on the old YouTube box. And then after that recording, we jump into Q&As, which we're going to do right now. So we'll see you again next week on The Flow. Calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again. It's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yeah, we're back and better, and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now, you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> 
I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this!